And welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes Podcast. First of all, before we get to tonight's episode, I want to kindly thank our sponsors who have helped with their contributions to the podcast. Want to first of all thank um, Don Tolly and the group at Tolly and Associates. Want to thank Nikki Grom and Barnes Roofing, Adams Barn Grill, David Chin Showbro, Robin Stacy Astuter, Patrick Lyle, Little Caesars of St. Joseph, the High Hope Bar and Grill, and please welcome our brand new sponsor and brand new part of the team, Weaver Overhead Door. Thank you guys so much for your support and contribution to the podcast. Now here's tonight's episode. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Grooms. It was actually supposed to be November the 11th, 2022, but now we are on um, November the 12th. 2022 a little bit of a late night recording as we um review everything that happened with um 11 man district championship football and eight man football district semifinals but we got to begin really um let me introduce my guest first of all on the podcast ladies and gentlemen um here in Mary we're live here in Maryville um get excited my guest is the sports editor of the Maryville forum once again please welcome to the podcast once again Mr. John Dykstra Appreciate it, Clifton. Sorry for keeping you up late right in this story, but that was a that was a heck of a football game we just watched. Absolutely, it was. Before we get into the football game, you know, I was going to probably be up this late on Friday nights, anyways. Um, so it's no big deal. But like you said, um, incredible high school football game. Um, I think one of the best high school football games I've seen in years. You know, literally came down almost to the final seconds, and um. We'll get more into that here in just a few minutes, but we got to set the stage here. Savannah, Maryville, Highway 71 Showdown, Class 3 District 8 Championship, Savannah at Maryville, getting set for the game. Definitely a very good anticipation heading into this one. Um, We'll we'll review the first quarter first. Um, 7-7 game after one. Um, Both teams um, stopping the other on their first drive, and then teams trading touchdowns so John just your thoughts on um first quarter yeah um the big play kind of got the offense going for Maryville was that 51 yard scramble by Derek Quinlan who obviously has made his name this year as a passer but lately has been running the ball a little bit more um kind of kind of taking advantage of man coverage and and other defenders not looking at him all, all the time and uh, that was a big, big run to get them going, and uh, we're going to talk more about him. But Kate Chappelle had the answer. Kate Chappelle is a monster and a beast. Uh, that kid played one of the best football games I've seen a person play tonight, and uh, he was he was incredible trying to put put Savannah on his back, and he he answered right away. And yeah, it was seven seven after after that quarter, and. Uh, and you could tell we were we were kind of in for a ball game. Yeah, absolutely. So it was seven seven after the end of one up at halftime. The score ended up being twenty seven to fourteen. Maryville. Maryville was able to get a um, a passing touchdown. I think it went for thirty two yards. Um, Derek Quinlan to Cooper Lowe there went for about thirty two, I believe, um, to extend the lead to two touch to two scores at the half. But um. You know, Cooper Lowe, um, but that wasn't his only touchdown of the quarter. It ended up making a uh, ended up making an impact in the second quarter alone. John, your thoughts on the second quarter? Yeah, um, first of all, Kate Chappelle, like I just said, came out and gave Savannah its first lead of the game with about seven minutes left in that quarter. 
43-yard touchdown by Cade. Uh, really, really great run. But then then Maryville closed the quarter um, really well. Um, Cooper Lowe had a two-yard touchdown run there with about three and a half minutes left in the quarter. And then uh, Maryville was able to get a three and out against Savannah and get the ball back to the offense. And uh, like you said, 37-yard touchdown pass from uh, Derek Quinlan to Cooper Lowe. Uh, and then a two-point conversion from Quinlan to uh, Delton Davis, who we'll mention a bit later. Uh, but he uh, that made it 27-14 to 14 at the half. And at that point, it kind of looked like Maryville might be in control again. But then that man came up again, and uh, old Cade Chappelle came back up in that third quarter. But I'll let you set the stage for that. Yep. Uh, third quarter comes out. Like you said, man, it kind of feels like, you know, maybe, you know, Maryville, you know, they usually pretty well known for hanging on to leads like this. Um, third quarter comes out. Um, they were shut out in the third quarter. Mary Savannah came out um, when Maryville had all the momentum. They just got a score to end the half. Came in with came into the locker room with all the momentum. Out of the locker room, Savannah came out with the momentum. Um, you know, Kate Chappelle was a huge part of that. How about the pl- how about the play of the Savannah defense? To Savannah, two stops. Of the Maryville offense on fourth down. Two fourth down stops there to set them up for some prime field positioning. And one of those, one of the, I believe one of those stops there actually set the um stage for them to take the lead at the end of this quarter. John, just your thoughts. Yeah, um, like you said, uh Cade opened that quarter with a uh with a three-yard touchdown run, cut the score to six. Then a huge stop for Savannah on a fourth and fourth and inches. Uh, they stuffed uh, the uh, quarterback sneak by Derek Quinlan. Um, the Maryville side questioned that spot a little bit, but um, it, it was a great play regardless of how it how it was because they did they did stuff them and leave it up for uh, leave it up to the spot and gave it a chance, and then. Cade comes back down, three yard touchdown, couple couple minutes later, and uh, it's all of a sudden Savannah has that twenty eight to twenty seven lead, and uh, oh, the fans were getting into it. It was a it was a fun environment, and uh, early in the fourth quarter, uh, uh, they got another stop on a fourth and one that, uh, or. It wasn't a fourth and one, but they stopped Derek a yard short on another scramble. That was another another spot that was contested, but that defense was just great tonight. I think that all kind of kind of flowed together for me. You know that, that I thought maybe it might have been the third quarter, but I was at the beginning of the fourth quarter. But yeah. it was close enough. And I do remember though, though Savannah did stop Maryville a couple times on short to get the ball back. But we go into the final quarter now, Savannah. Marching down, marching down the field has a one-point lead. A touchdown could maybe wrap the district title for Savannah. Could break a 12-game losing streak in the rivalry. We get down to a fourth, and we get down to a fourth down at the 16-yard line. And uh, this might have been very well. You know, I know that we're going to talk about the um, the touchdown, which won the game. But I thought this is a very critical play of the game. And you talked about Delton Davis earlier. Um, Breaking up a Ethan Dudick pass and um, gives Maryville ball the gives Maryville ball the Maryville the back the football. I can't talk tonight. Been up <laughs> for late. too long. It's late. Um, 
and then sets up a, I believe what you said, it was a 16-play drive? It was a 16-play drive, drive, which ended up winning the game. John, I'll I'll let you give your thoughts on the last quarter. That's a big, that's a lot of thoughts. Um, You're right, that Delton Davis play was huge. I thought it was fun. We were talking to Derek Quinlan after the game, and the play he got the most excited about is a play he's not on the field for. But he, he talked about how that was a huge play, and clearly it was. It got them the ball back with down only one. And at that point, you just felt like Quinlan, Lowe, and those guys were going to gonna find a way to get the ball into the end zone. And you said it, 16-play drive. Savannah almost stopped them. They forced the fourth down at the uh, at the 24-yard line, deep in, so still deep in Maryville territory. And uh, it was a big pass. It was Quinlan to low for 20 yards to pick up that conversion. Derek picked up another one with his feet. Cooper picked up two more with his legs. And that set the stage for uh, a first first and goal from the nine. Uh, Cooper rumbled down to the one-yard line. And then Savannah just really gutted up and and stopped Derek on two straight kind of design keepers down there and that set it up for four seconds left. Maryville had their timeout, so they were they were kind of comfortable taking timeouts after every one. And uh that that set it up for Cooper to pile drive into the end zone and uh it was that was a great end to a great district championship game. Both teams just leaving it all out there. Okay, so Cooper Lowe scores a touchdown there. Savannah gets the ball back. You know they tried the 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 hook and lo- the pitch, and you know the the multiple pitches. There's a little hook and, ladder hook and ladder along the sideline. I yep. was gonna say hook and ladder, but I don't couldn't remember what it was called. But it was yeah. the hook and ladder. Um, tried the hook and ladder, wasn't successful, and your final score ended up being Maryville thirty three, Savannah twenty eight in a tremendous ball game. I tell you what, though, hats off to Savannah. Uh, hats off to Coach Anthony Hayes in his first year there. You know, um, they won a district title with Randy Schrader back in 2019. A uh, couple of years there with Kevin Kopecki. Um, All right seasons just couldn't make it to the summit, to the district championship summit. First year with Anthony Hayes, um, t- um, what, a, 10 and 2. Yeah, t- 11 and 2 on the season. Yo, their only two losses were to Maryville. I, that's a. That's a heck of a season there yeah. for Savannah, but definitely. Um, and I will say this is the year they won the district title. They didn't have to go through Maryville that year. And uh, this this is the best Savannah team I think I've seen play uh, play there. I, they had some great teams back 2012 before then, I know, and that's before my time. But so this Savannah team is is incredible, and they should be – so proud of what they did. I know they have a great group of seniors, but Kate Chappelle's going to be back next year. They've got some talent coming back. They're going to be a really good team. And I just wanted to wanted to say that and uh, give them – Anthony Hayes does a great job there. He's, a, he's an awesome coach. They made such great strides this year. So incredible season for, uh, for uh, Savannah. Yeah, hats off there to Savannah, but I'll tell you what, though. Also, hats off to head coach Matt Webb. Um, we talk about it. Um, I talk about it all the time with Coach Webb. I always um, find every single opportunity I can to try to put the Maryville program and put some respect into that program because, you know, when you're looking at area football teams here in northwest Missouri, Maryville 
solidifies consistency, and especially Coach Webb alone. Coach Webb, 10 years with the program with the Spoof Hounds, nine district titles, probably a Hail Mary in the end zone against Lathrop, away from having a district championship in every single year of his tenure. So definitely my hat's off to head coach Matt Webb. And as a matter of fact, we're going to hear some sound from head coach Matt Webb from earlier tonight as he talks about his team's district championship win over Savannah. Coach, just fourth and one from the four, uh, or from the one, uh, four seconds left. Give it to Cooper. Talk about the confidence of Cooper and then watch him break that goal line. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a, you talk about it. Talk about it. at the beginning of the week. We're gonna need every pound, every ounce of hound pound magic, and um, that's a huge play there. But it doesn't happen if Delton Davis doesn't get the tip pass to get him off the field. And um, yeah, it, you know it, it's unique watching there. You know we had all our timeouts, and, and um, I can't say enough about Matt Houchin and the relationship he has with the players. Um, there was no panic. Uh, you know, we knew I had our timeouts. We had a right eye on the clock. Um, knows that operator offense. But I don't think any. I think everybody in Nottaway County knew the number one was getting the ball. And that's okay. You know, we, we, we talk about, you know, you got to be able to run the football for one yard. Um, and everybody knows in the stadium what's happening. And, uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a long talk about the value of one yard. And uh, we've lost a district championship here, you know, in years past and, and by one point and those, those those ones, you know, and it just so happened that Cooper Lowe is number one. So um, I'm on a roll here. Uh, but that, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you mentioned it there, but Delton read, being able to read that play, get his hand up, knock it down, uh, talk about that play and uh, just his, his instincts to get out there and make it. Well, I think that's what it was. You know, it's – Sometimes you don't coach it that way. You know, you coach them like you don't want to go in the air to tip it and the quarterback pumps, fakes you, and goes around. So, um, But he had the instincts to make that play and, and um, got us off the field and um, gave our offense a chance. And, you know, we felt like the second half, you know, we, we had some chances offensively. We just kind of stalled out, whether it's by one yard or six inches or whatever, just couldn't get it going in the second half. And, you know, we gave up two scores. And, boy, what a heck of a high school football game to, to come down to that play and that, that finish. Talk about Kate Chappelle. Yeah, I had him for 280 and four scores. Just talk about how you guys were and what kind of challenges he presented tonight. Well, 280 and four scores. Had a hell of a game. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of challenges there. Um, great back. Uh, you know, did, did a great job. Very physical runner. Um, just very impressed. He's a, a like I said, a fine running back. Very, very good job. They hit you more with those outside runs than they have in previous times. And uh, him coming around on that in the round style action um, takes us through that and kind of the adjustment throughout the game to that. Yeah, it was a chess match, you know, and, and um, it's a it's a off tackle leverage stuff. And sometimes we'd hit it, sometimes they would. And um, he's just a he, he's you know he's a hard runner to tackle. You know, he's low, low center of gravity and. We didn't tackle well at times. You know, he kind of busted some big ones there, and we got to do better. Um, that's not how you you need to stop good backs like that. So, um, just happy we're one and zero. Get to play one more week. Talk about Quinlan on that last drive. Just how he was able to put that together and some of the play calls there. Yeah, you know, I, I said in the past, you know, we won a playoff game with Connor Drake a couple years ago on the last drive against Cassville, and I said, you know, Connor Drake just kind of calm, cool, and collected, but. Uh, Derek Quinlan's more like an energizer money back there. Um, you never know, and, and um, he's a he's a heck of a player, man. And that's uh, 
he's a playmaker, um, you know, and, and uh, did, some, did some really good damage tonight with his legs, you know, had some, threw some good balls and um, made good decisions as always. But, um, yeah, I'm glad he's our quarterback because it makes a difference. Sounded by the uh, score updates, like you'll probably get to play here again next week. Just how, how exciting is that to host another game at the Hound Pound? You bet. Last, uh, last night, game of the year was tonight. Um, I don't care what the weather's going to be next Saturday. We've played in the last couple weeks. Who knows? So um, it's special, man. Saturday afternoons are the best time to play football. And these kids have earned the right. You know, the district championship against a rival, um, against a team that, again, only have one loss, and that was to us in week eight. So um, we're going to celebrate this one with Pleasant Hill as an excellent football team. They'll be here next Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock. And this place is special. So we're going to focus on going 1-0 one more week. Alrighty, that was Maryville head coach Matt Webb. Again, congratulations to Coach Webb and the Maryville Spoof Hounds on another district championship. Um, we're gonna actually um got some stats. John, you got some stats in front of you here, real quick of the game. You can name those off for us. Yeah, uh, let's start out with the guy we talked a lot about for Savannah Cage Bell. Thirty-one carries, two hundred and sixty-six yards, and four touchdowns. Incredible day. Him and Cooper Lowe went at it. Cooper didn't have the yardage or the raw number of carries that Cade had, but uh, he had five total touchdowns, um, 163 total yards. Uh, just a really good day from him. And I'll mention Derek Quinlan's stats as well. Um, he had 142 yards passing with the TD to, to uh, Cooper Lowe, and he also ran the ball seven times for 103 yards. It was just a really – Really solid performance out of uh, out of Derek Quinlan tonight. Yeah, so those are your stats there from the Maryville Savannah game tonight. Tonight's win, uh, or um, Friday night's win against Maryville, um, sets the Spoof Hounds up for a matchup next Saturday against Pleasant Hill at one p.m. at the Hound Pound. Um, Pleasant Hill was at, was a thirty-five to seven win over Odessa. Now, usually in most years, Odessa would be a football powerhouse around in the Kansas City area. But, you know, uh, a couple of great senior classes that they that they lost over the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, Pleasant Hill had a really good roster coming back this year. Um, this Rooster team, this is a team that's lost one game this season um, to a good Kansas City center team who's ranked in the top three in class four. Um, probably the second-ranked team in class four right now with Carney losing tonight to Smithville in their district championship game. So Spoofhounds and Pleasant Hill, that ought to be a good matchup there for the house. Should be a great matchup. Just, just a great high school football matchup around there. And then the winner of that game will play the winner of Park Hill Central Park Hills Central and Cardinal Ritter of uh, Cardinal Ritter, the number one team in class three there. And that bracket there. So that wraps up everything with Class 3 and Class 1 District 8. How about this? East Buchanan, another shutout. Their third shutout in the playoffs so far. They defeat their rivals, Mid Buchanan, 21 to nothing to win the Class 1, to win the Class 1 District 8 championship. That sets up a matchup next Saturday, uh, next Saturday with Gallatin, who beat Putnam County, their GRC rivals, 21 to 7 over the Midgets. Of Putnam County East Bucket Gallatin next Saturday, 1 p.m. there. And Gallatin, John, you want to offer up your thoughts on any of those two games? I mean, it's a fun little uh, GRC uh, 
KCI showcase game right there. You had the you had that district coming down to East Buck again, and then and then uh, a guy the folks up here in Maryville know pretty well with Chris Holt up there, and uh, and Gallic has really got that team rolling right now. That's going to be a fun kind of defensive slugfest in both of those that look like tonight just from looking at the score not being there. Those are two teams that will get after it, and uh, and we'll see. That could that could very well determine a, a spot in Columbia and, and be a uh, huge game to decide kind of who who might be the favorite to win that state title. Yeah, absolutely. Def- I'm definitely looking forward to that one. That one's the, one of the ones that I'm going to shoot to be at next weekend getting set there. Um, also, a quick stat for you, East Buck – is that you outscored their opponents this class one district eight 129 to nothing. They've outscored their opponents there in the district. They their their defense has just been lights out. I know Coach Ritter and I talked about it earlier in the week, just how lights out their defense was in that penny game um, with the nasty conditions that pretty much everybody in Northwest Missouri had to deal with last Friday night. So Let's go into some eight-man scores now. Eight-man, eight-man district four, the ultra competitive eight-man district four. Um, one seed North Andrew holds serve in that bracket. They defeat East Atchison 46 to 14. And then a 3-2 matchup. Um, little tiny bit of an upset, but not really an upset because I think Platte Valley and Worth County are both equal. Tigers ended up picking up the win over PV tonight, 46 to 28. That sets up a rematch in Rosendale Friday night, Worth County at North Andrew there for a spot in the eight-man disc semifinal. So, John, I'll give you your thoughts. I know that you cover Platte Valley football for the forum. Um, if you want to offer up your thoughts on that and then offer up your thoughts on North Andrew as well. Platte, Platte County and Worth County football. So uh, that was a that was a big game for our coverage area there, uh, Anthony Crane. We're still waiting on him to send me that story, so we don't have many details yet on it. But um, Anthony, uh, Anthony was out there for us tonight, and I'll have that story. But it sounded like from looking at Twitter, Platte Valley started fast, out to a two-score lead. But but Worth County, they just they've been there, they've done that. They're they're a really good football team, and uh, and being able to rally and beat a beat a team like Platte Valley, that's a really good team. You've talked about it on this podcast many times. That District 4 is just a, a bloodbath and a grind. And we're, we're finally to championship week now with North Andrew and, and Worth County in a GRC battle. And uh, that'll that'll be a fun one next week, that's for sure. So North Andrew, Worth County and North Andrew um, Friday night. Uh, Eight-man District 3 scores that we got here. How about this? LeBlanc avenging last year's loss in the eight-man district through championship game, handles King City tonight, 42-14. to I would like to kind of um, be interested to look at the stats on that game whenever Chuck Davis, head coach of LeBlanc, posts those. Definitely going to be looking up the numbers there for guys like Landon Gardner and Jake Carell. Definitely see how they did tonight. Congratulations to LeBlanc, their second straight district championship appearance. They will be facing off with Orc. Orc had a 20-8 to lead over Stewartsville, Osborne, the wild cards and half, but Stewartsville made this game interesting. Their 38 to 36 was the final score there, so that means LeBlanc will travel to Oric on Friday night for for a spot in the other eight man 
semifinals. So eight-man district three and eight-man district four on separate sides of the bracket. There as far as eight-man football. John, you want to offer up your thoughts on any of those two games? That's that's going to be a fun one. Um, I, I thought the King City LeBlanc game would be closer as a clash of styles. I'm guessing Landon Gardner had himself a heck of a game. We, like you said, don't have stats yet. But talk about a clash of styles next week. One of the state's best rushers in Jackson Miller going up against Landon Gardner and that that passing attack for LeBlanc. That's going to be a fun one. We've kind of had both the King City LeBlanc game and the uh, and the potential of the Oric LeBlanc game. Now, now reality of that game kind of circled as a possible the winner of that that district could be the representative in Columbia and uh so that's a huge game next week that's going to be that's going to be a fun one uh like I said clash of styles there uh shout out to Stewartsville Osborne they they uh had some doubters this year we'll say with their their schedule going into the uh going into the postseason Braxton Gibson is a is a stud uh we talked about Kate Chappelle at the at the eleven man level, Braxton Gibson kind of reminds me of that. At the eight man level, he's just uh, everybody knows where the ball's going, and it's still really hard to stop it. So, uh, shout out to Stewartsville Osborne. That program's just so greatly improved over the years, and with Coach Fish, they're probably continue to improve. So, it's going to be fun to watch them in the future. Yeah, if I had to think of like a coach of the year candidate here um, for Northwest Missouri, maybe with the exception of a couple, maybe maybe with the exception of like an Anthony Hayes in Savannah, what he's done in his first year there with the Savages, I would definitely put Tommy Fish on that list because Stewartsville Osborne, you know, they were maybe good for the last couple of years, maybe for one or two wins a season, but I believe they've had six. They 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 finished over five hundred this season, so that's a great achievement for them. I definitely expect them to continue to improve there in Stewartsville and Osborne under head coach Tommy Fish. But that will conclude our high school football coverage. Um, let's move into some college basketball coverage here. We're going to start on the men's side here. Um, number one right Northwest Missouri State. Of course, you know very, very well about the Bearcats. I'm covered all those national championships there at Northwest. Um, they defeat Northern State tonight 81-78. Um, to 78 was the final score there for at the Hilliard Tip-Off Classic there at St. Joseph on the campus of Missouri Western State University. Um, a couple of them leading stat getters for tonight. Um, Diego Bernard, the Lafayette product, 21 points, five rebounds, three assists. Good night there for DB. Um, how about um, Daniel, Abreu, uh, Daniel Abreu tonight? Um, 19 points on the night. Um Freshman, I we talked about this last week on the podcast last Saturday night. Um, how about a debut last week for Bennett Sturts? Bennett Sturts um started out his college career by going perfect from the field. Um, went five for seven from the field tonight with 17 points tonight. That looks like that's gonna be a huge piece. What a good get there for Ben McCollum and um Northwest Missouri State. I tell you what, I, I that's gotta be one of the reasons why you know Northwest has set themselves apart from most of the country because they recruit the right guys. And it seems like Bennett Sturts is one of those guys who's going to be the right guy in that program. Luke Waters, only other um, double-digit scorer on the night for the Bearcats with 11 points. 3-0 and on the season. They will take on Minnesota Crookston on Saturday night. John, you want to um, offer up your thoughts on Northwest basketball? Sure, sure can. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. The Bearcats right now are playing without 
if you would have asked me before the season, the guy would predict him to lead them in scoring this year with West Dreamer. He's going to be out a couple weeks, it looks like, with an ankle. And it, it seems like it's just any given night a different guy can step up for them right now. Um, you mentioned Diego, big game tonight, and Daniel Abreu. But it, it, last week in their game, it was Isaiah Jackson stepping up. And he only took three shots tonight. So it's it's one of those where it's it doesn't have to be one guy. And they're pretty unselfish with the way they're, they're letting the hot hand kind of flow a little bit. Uh, both Abreu and Bernard had 12 shot attempts tonight. And then couple guys with seven, one with six, like they're really spreading out the the offensive load. And that's that's kind of what Ben had hinted towards when he's like, you just don't replace a Trevor Hudgens with one one guy. And I think we're going to talk about him a little later, but um, he's, you just, you can't have one guy replace all that production. And they're doing it as a team right now. And three really good wins over three really good teams to start off the year for the old uh, Bearcats. Yeah, but the other game that was at the um, Hilliard Tip-Off Classic um, on Friday night, um, Missouri Western um, playing Minnesota Crookston. Um, Western beat Crookston tonight, 81-76. to um, Zion Swader, um, one of the talented freshmen um, for the uh, for North, uh, for Missouri Western last year, went 6-7 for seven from the field with 22 points. 22 points on the evening. Um, Julius Dixon, program newcomer, um, 17 points, nine rebounds on the night. Um, and then another one of those young kids from Missouri Western, Tay Fields, with 12 points on the night. Um, Missouri Western, great win there in their um, official season debut after a very encouraging effort um, a couple weeks ago down in Lexington, Kentucky, when they played the University of Kentucky. Only lost by 18 points and actually out-rebounded the Wildcats. In that exhibition matchup there, um, John, if you want to offer up some thoughts on Western men's basketball. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good day for uh, Will Martin's teams finding a way to lose or finding a way to win. Um, kind of like I talked about with uh, Coach McCollum's guys, um, knowing that it could be different guys on different nights. Will Eames and Reese Glover tonight combined to go 5 for 22 from the field and 2 for 11 from 3. Uh, those two guys, you know what they can do. And the fact that neither of them had a very good day at, as far as shooting the ball, and they're still able to pick up a win over a Northern Sun team, a, a good team. Um, that's a really good, really good day and kind of shows that, that Western's got, got some depth this year, which can be really good moving forward and, uh, and, make them a very competitive team in the MIAA at least. So it'll be fun to watch. Well, you talked about uh, Missouri Western going uh, two for two for 11 from the um, Will Eames and Reese Glover combining to go two for 11 from the field. Um, I did forget to mention that Zion Swader, um, in addition to going six for seven from the field, went five for five from three-point range as well. Definitely uh, other scoring options there for Missouri Western. Speaking of Missouri Western, we're going to stick with Missouri Western and head on to the women who participated in the Sioux Falls Tip-Off Classic tonight as they defeated the host school, Sioux Falls, tonight 67-49 to to go 2-1 and one on the season. Griffin women coming off that big overtime win against Lubbock Christian in Kansas City on Sunday. Um, uh, another fast start for Connie Clark. 
20 points, 16 rebounds on the night. Um, Jordan Cunningham had 10 points tonight. A lot of very balanced scoring other than Connie. Tiny, I know um, who uh, Cleo Murray had nine. Uh, Cleo Murray had some big shots in that game on Sunday night. And then he just had a couple girls there. Mary Fultz chipped in with six. Camille Evans chipped in with six. You know, this is a uh, Griffin women's team that's very balanced as well. Another very strong year and a very strong start for head coach Candy Whitaker. John, I'll offer up your thoughts. Yeah, uh, how can you not talk about Connie Clark? That's a huge game for her. Uh, I know most of us talked, uh, everybody pretty much has Western pegged as a as a top five team in the MIAA going into the year. And and the big question was Corbin Cunningham's gone. How how do you replace that production inside? And, uh, oh, Connie Clark, uh, 20 and 16 is a good good way to start that. A, a block two, a steal. So she was filling up the box score. Um, really good to see uh, for for her and be that focal point in kind of her year to lead the program. So, uh yeah, if you're Candy Wicker, you gotta you gotta love that. Oh, absolutely, definitely here. You got you got guards rebounding the basketball too. Uh, Camille Evans had nine rebounds to go along with her six points on the night. She started point guard on the team. That's incredible. There, Griffin's two and one on the season. They will play Augustana to finish off their two day trip at the Sioux Falls Tip Off Classic. Um, down in Kearney, Nebraska, Northwest picks up their first win. Of the year, the Northwest women, um, 95 to 86, and a very high scoring game there in Kearney at the UNK tournament. How about Jada Green? 20 points and eight rebounds on the night. Molly Hartnett adding eight rebounds on the well on the night for um for Northwest. And um, uh, how about this? Uh, heck of a debut for Central Product, Ella Moody, the Indians all-time leading scorer. I just talked to um Coach um, Roger um, Smith Weibert um, last night when when I went and did my um, Central Indian um, preseason preview, which will be up here in a couple of days. Um, we talked about them having to replace the um, production of the school's all-time leading score, but she's going on doing big things there at Northwest. 18 points on the night. Bearcats 1-0. and oh, They will face, as a matter of fact, um, the Northwest men will be playing North, um, Minnesota Crookston in St. Joe on Saturday night, the Griff, uh, the Bearcat women will also be playing Minnesota Crookston in Kearney. So that's quite a coincidence there. John, thoughts on the um, Northwest women? Yeah, it's stat that really stands out from the day. 22 team assists for the uh, Northwest women and only six turnovers. Um, that's that's really good, especially this early in the season. And they are a veteran team other than Ella, like you mentioned. And to be able to do that, um, Ella herself had five assists and no turnovers. So that's that's really good, um, really good this early in the season. She played 29 minutes, you might mention as well. It's not starting yet, but those are definitely starters minutes. And that'll be interesting to see moving forward with all the depth that they have with that lineup and, and different lineups that Austin Meyer can throw at people. Um, just a really good start to the season for them. And uh, and a nice after the exhibitions, they played some tough ones with Drake and Mizzou, and an NAIA opponent with Doan. Um, but they uh, that's a that's a nice start to the season. Just like I said about the Griffin men, just getting a a good win over a, a Northern Sun team that'll be a regional team, and and that's 
that's a good win to uh, to start your season off with uh, another women's program. We have two women's program in the area that really have their eyes set on getting the regionals. And uh, the the Bearcat women can do it too if uh, if they keep on this trend. They also led by twelve at halftime too. So the final score is a little closer, but they they jumped on them pretty early today. Yep, absolutely. And uh, we're gonna actually kind of um, real quick here. I want to give a quick shout out to all the swimmers at Central and Savannah for the uh, boys. Um, we will have final results of those um of those swimmers and how they um finish there in tomorrow night's on Saturday night's edition of the post-it notes. Give a shout out there, give some love there to those swimmers there at Central and Savannah. As we get into um our Saturday schedule, we did mention the um we did mention the um the MI double we did mention the um MIAA basketball um schedule for tomorrow night. Um here, uh, MIAA football last week of the regular season takes place on Saturday. Um, big one that um, you and I are actually going to be up for here in about, I don't know, in about five or six hours for as we um, make the trip to um, Emporia for Northwestern Emporia State. Um, a matchup that I've said on the podcast multiple times. I'm sure John's probably said it in the forum that, um, you know, it very well could be a win and get into the playoff game there. But there's also a possibility that the winner of that game may need some outside help if they're going to secure one of those playoff spots. So, um, John, um, you're the, um, you write for the Maryville Forum. You've been around Northwest a lot more than I have. Um, you know, just uh, give me your thoughts on Northwest and Emporia and maybe, um, maybe how the region could very well shake out. Yeah, um, that's a that's a question probably above my pay grade right now. That's a that's a tough one guessing how the region uh, plays out for Northwest Emporia. They just got to win the ball. Whoever wins that game puts themselves in position to to uh, climb the di- or the region standings for sure and possibly get that seventh playoff bid. And then after that, anything's possible because you could move regions. You could. You can do a lot of things once you get in there. So that's going to be a big, big football game tomorrow. Um, I wrote my column this week about um, other scores to watch. Uh, Truman State plays UND in Indianapolis. I think uh, Bearcat and Hornet fans will probably be rooting for Truman State in that one because if UND takes the loss, I think they would be an easier team to jump than Truman. I think most people would agree that both the MIAA teams are better than either of those teams, but the numbers are what the numbers are. And you, with the insular schedule that the MIAA plays, that really hurts them this time of year um, as far as that seeding goes. So I think they'll be rooting for them. Um, or or uh, Harding has, has a game they should win. So you can root against Harding, and it's probably good to root against them, but they'll probably win that game. The other interesting game is Washita Baptist against Henderson State, the battle for the ravine. Those stadiums are right across the street from each other, and they're going to play on Saturday as well today as you're listening to this. Um, and Washita is undefeated. They're kind of the pit state of that league with where they're at right now. Um Undefeated with a bunch of two lost teams underneath them. One of those two lost teams is Henderson State. 
Henderson State gets a signature win over Wachita, that could be bad news for the MIAA. So uh, you got to hope that Wachita handles their business and wins that game um, to give the MIAA their best hope of getting into the playoffs. But really what it comes down to, if uh, if they want to make that, that selection Sunday interesting, um, both Emporia State and Northwest have to – have to play like their season depends on it today because it really does. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I expect, you know, teams like Grand Valley State, uh, Pitt State, and Ferris State to kind of hold serve there in those brackets, but um, in that in that region there. But I think four through ten could very well be a toss-up after, after Saturday's action. And we'll recap all the action in Super Regional 3 and the Saturday night edition of the Post-it Notes and give – kind of a little bit more of my breakdown, maybe where these teams could very well end or it could very well go the opposite way. As John mentioned, you know, happened with Nebraska Kearney last year, um, could very well move to a whole nother region in that case. So um, in the other, other games in the MIAA include uh, Missouri Western, um, Missouri Western looking to um, have a great end to their regular season as they host Lincoln. Um, Griffin's coming off that heartbreaking overtime loss in Warrensburg last Saturday to Central Missouri. Um, Lincoln, you know, the final score actually, you know, only uh, played Emporia State to 11 points. And, um, you know, when you're talking about these regional rankings, I didn't know really know where that 11-point win for Emporia over Lincoln would kind of play Emporia into the rankings. But they ended up holding serve in their ranking at there at number nine. But Lincoln at Western, great um, opportunity there for Missouri Western to um, – in their season on a high note, maybe a season that they all those guys probably thought could be, could have been a little bit better, just hasn't turned out the way Griffin uh, players and fans and everybody was hoping for. John, I'll offer a few thoughts. Yeah, um, I'll, I will mention strength of or margin of victory doesn't really factor in, or is it not supposed to at least factor into uh, to the committee's decision, whether that's good or bad. Uh, that's up for other people to decide, but. Um, yeah, Lincoln's fought down the stretch of the year, and obviously they're looking like they're probably going to have another winless season. But but for Mo West, you got to make sure that they have it because it's been it's been kind of a rocky finish to the season, kind of rocky the whole way through, really, for Missouri Western and uh, and that Central game last week. I know was was a little disappointing to drop that one in in double overtime the way they did. So uh, to bounce back in the in the uh, year on a high note, senior day out there from O West, um, say goodbye to some some good seniors who have done a lot for the program. So uh, for Mo West, just got to finish it on the right note, um, finish it with a win, and uh, and kind of start getting ready for next year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we got one more piece of. Um news that I want to share for you. Um, you know, absolutely one of the best players in Division Two last season, one of the best players, I think, in probably the whole nation when you're talking about all divisions there. How about a game for Trevor Hudgens tonight? Ten threes tonight and um, in the G League game. I um, believe he plays for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, I think it's what the team's called. They are the Vipers. <laughs> so, um, yep. Had to um, tell you what, what a what a game for Trev tonight, and you know, and I'm you know watching him in summer league there with the Rock. I had a few appearances with the Rockets. Um, 
You know, but, um, you know, watching him, you know, he actually gave me a reason to actually watch um, some summer league basketball this summer and to kind of pay attention to him and see what he see what he does at the next level. And um, he's a guy that we've had on our Leaving Your Legacy series. I believe he was episode 13 of the series, if you want to go back and listen to that on the podcast feed. But, you know, Trevor was so nice and so um, he's a humble, humble kid. You know, I'm. I root for all of his success at the next level. That's a very, very encouraging start to his pro career. Um, you know, John, your thoughts on Mr. Hudgens? Uh, you you said Trev's, Trev's a great kid, um, super, uh, just the nicest guy you want to meet. Doesn't let his success get to his head. Um, really nice game for him. He'll He'll play some games with the Rockets this year and some with the Vipers. He's on that two-way contract. That's kind of how it works. Um, yeah, I think it's good for him to be getting some uh, some reps with uh, with uh, the Vipers right now, uh, just because there haven't been injuries yet. There's probably not very many minutes available for him for the Rockets. So to come out and kind of show what he can do, um, the NBA people need shooting, and you can hit ten threes in a game. Guess what? You're gonna you're gonna have a spot in that league, and uh, Trev Trev knocked him down tonight, and uh, that's that's great news for for him and kind of continuing that that build. And great news for D two basketball as a whole too. I know Coach Will Martin with Missouri Western has talked to me before about how how Trev's um, impact kind of transcends Northwest and is huge for the MIAA and huge for huge for uh, D two as a whole and. Is really is really good for everybody to see him having success and and kind of showing what what D two players can do at that next level. Alrighty, that will do it for tonight's edition of the Post Notes. On the next edition, we will recap um, Northwest and Emporia State. Let you know how Super Region Three shaked out. Um, we'll recap at Missouri Western football, and my league basketball, and so much more. And for John Dykstra, I'm Clifton Grooms. Thank you for our, so much for the sponsors. Thank you guys so much for the listeners, and we will see you on Saturday night for another edition of the Post Notes.